podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. How you doing, Keith? Doing good. We, today we're here to um, preview the Seahawks playing the Cardinals for the second time already in this, you know, season. And yeah. um, on the road in Arizona, you're going to be there um, at the field that seems to be cursed for the Seahawks. Yeah, it went. It's gone pretty well the last time. Well, at least the last time they played mm-hmm. uh, down here, they won. It was Russell Wilson's last game as a Seahawk. We didn't know that at the time. Uh, it was a great game by him. It was a great game by Rashad Penny. I think Rashad Penny had 179 yards and a 75-yard touchdown run that was amazing that came right towards me as I was sitting uh, in the end zone that day. Um, yeah, so we beat him out. First uh, first time around this year, 19-9. to I think that was the beginning of the turnaround uh, that this team experienced on the defensive side of the ball and kind of overall just kind of put it all together for the first time um against that team and had um and played better in the second half in that game for the first time in the, in the year i think they'd gone against the broncos played well in the first half that was enough to carry them through that game had an awful game against the 49ers um and then the falcons and then um and then the cardinals and uh so now it's it's tough to beat uh a team in your own conference twice in one season um and, and the Cardinals always give Seattle uh issues mm-hmm. but it seems like the, there are two teams here on completely different trajectories um the Seahawks are way ahead of expectations uh, and the Cardinals are way below and uh, it doesn't look like that's going to change this year I think the Cardinals look like they're probably going to be bottom dwellers in this division while the Seahawks have a shot at taking this division and potentially having a first round buy, which is crazy talk coming from a guy that predicted five wins uh, at the beginning of the season. Part of that is because the, uh, well, I don't think they have a chance at a first round buy. You really think they're going to catch the Eagles? Um, it's, it's potential. I mean, it, anything's, anything's possible with this team. I mean, yeah. I didn't think anything was possible <clears throat> until Geno Smith started playing really well. He's kind of, you know, he's player of the month in October. Uh, yeah. We've got two uh, rookies, uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the month in October. And, and, and offensive player of the month. And it's just crazy. So I'm, yeah. I'm literally, I've got to kind of throw my biases out and just look at the team that's in front of us. And they're playing so well, Keith, and their defense seems to be now playing with such command and confidence that I do believe that they're this team now. And it is possible that we end up playing way beyond our original expectations. So then why are the Seahawks underdogs in this game? I don't know. That's a very interesting question. I don't believe that they should be. I think that's a good line. But again, you're on the road. It's tough to win against uh, 
and an opponent twice. This is the second game on the road in a tough stadium. Anything can happen. Uh, I've been to one other game uh, for the Cardinals this year, and that was the game, the first game opening day against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Cardinals looked completely awful in that game. Um, they were awful on offense. They were worse on defense. And um, if the Seahawks see that team, uh, we're all over um, the Cardinals in this game and win big, again, double-digit win, third game in a row type of a, a situation. I think that they'll want to come out and fight, though. Uh, the Cardinals are 3-5. and five. Um, Their backs are really against the wall uh, in this division race in kind of a wide-open NFC. Uh, they're not completely out of it at this point at three and five. Um, they're two games out in their own division. And, you know, they're, if they if they started playing well, they've got DeAndre Hopkins now. Uh, if they started playing well on defense, I think they'd have a shot. They're scoring on offense. They're doing pretty well. Uh, but their defense is just awful, and they just haven't been able to put it together. Yeah, their defense... Um their defense has been as bad as seattle's offense has been good and yeah. that is not a combination that works well for arizona and close so, to as bad as the seahawks defense started out in the first three games yeah but the seahawks defense has been so much better yeah, absolutely um, it's not even in the same ballpark as what what we lined yeah. up in the first three games i mean we were uh we were looking at um it seems weird that the Seahawks net points is only plus 11, uh, given that they won three straight by double digits. But, uh, you know, the Cardinals are at negative 28. And which means they're not they're not just getting beat. And they're not just getting beat by like, um, you know, a, a field goal here or you know, whatever. They're, they're getting beat, um, you know, pretty badly when they lose. And that's yeah. not a good sign. Yeah, they went up against the uh, the forty, not the forty ers the uh, Vikings in this last game, and the Viking Vikings beat them pretty handily, mm -hmm. um, and they lost thirty four to twenty six. The score wasn't as close as, um, you know, the game wasn't as close as the score indicates. That was um, some garbage garbage time scores by Arizona. Hopkins Hopkins came alive though in in the last couple of games. Hopkins has really looked great for them. It, yep. You know, Kyler Murray's got to be thrilled. He's got a target there. He's a, um, yeah, he's got one real target um, to throw the ball to. Uh, yeah. And, and Rondell Moore is, is out there um, getting all the snaps. So those those two combined yeah. to, to to really, I mean, they're getting, uh, Hopkins was out there 100% of the snaps last game. And I think uh, Moore was out there 89% or something like that. So it's, those so are the guys that are trying to carry this team. And it's since just not enough. Returning, since returning from suspension, um, in two games, Nuke Hopkins has 27 targets in the passing game, tied for the most in the NFL over those two weeks. And 22 catches and 262 yards. And mm -hmm. uh, and those uh, catches have generated 13 first downs yeah. and uh, a touchdown. And he's the real deal. I mean, we knew that. Yeah, he's um, one of I the best receivers in the NFL, just straight up. Yeah. He's one of the best. And But... The other, one of the things that I found to be interesting is that, uh, and I, I don't know if this was by design or if it's just because he was suspended and they're trying to ease him back into it and only make him responsible for cert for a certain part of the playbook. Um, but he's pretty much lined up exclusively on 
the left side for those two games. He has not um, gone over to the right side very often. And that would leave him up against Tariq Woolen a lot in this yeah, game. That would be a very so interesting matchup. That is going to be a fun matchup because Woolen's like got him on uh, speed. and But Hopkins is, you know, as Savvy. far as route, route runnings go, uh, he's mm-hmm. great. And he's just... Mm-hmm just fantastic so so uh where are the clear advantages that that arizona has in this game keith are there any really i mean other than that matchup maybe i mean you're talking about a rookie corner but he's also a player of the month in october he's got four picks and and uh by all indications you know forever and in the next 10 years he's probably a top 10 corner in this league against Mm -hmm. A, a guy that's got the most catches for a guy, you know, at 30 years old in the history of the NFL. Yeah. Um, and he's just prolific. And he's, so, and he, and he's done it mostly, um, you know, with the Houston team that was awful. Yeah. He's the so, only guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the running back situation is still a mess, um, with injury and they don't have much as far as weapons. Um, Zach Ertz is, showing some you know his age a little bit this year <clears throat> offensively i don't see and the, the other part their offensive line it was bad when it was healthy and now it's beat up uh and that's not a good combination so, yeah no yeah they're 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 hurting no doubt what was i gonna i was gonna okay so they placed guard uh justin Pugh on injured reserve two weeks ago he's gone mm-hmm. replaced by cody ford not an upgrade there Rodney Hudson's going to miss the fifth consecutive game with a knee injury. Um, and, and they're one and three without Hudson there in the, at center. They're possibly going to be without DJ Humphreys uh, per coach Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, hopefully he feels better, he said, but I'm not sure he'll make it on Sunday. So their offensive line is decimated. You know, I was looking at the stats. Their, their offense is middling um all across the board this year you know in in years past um especially the last two years prior they've had one of the most uh, prolific and high scoring offenses um in the in the nfl um and and so now their defense is just horrendous really bottom 25 defense in the nfl and their offense is really not even top 15 this year and so that combination has just doomed them out of the gate this year and having not having hopkins just exasperated that they're going to get a little better with that and i think uh, kyler murray looks more confident when he's out there on the field with him but i just don't know if it's enough so asking again um why is arizona favored in this game and now a word from our sponsor DraftKings. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. Your pulse racing. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. 
In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I went back and looked at um, the first matchup a little bit and trying to see, I'm like, okay, well, they played poorly. Uh, Arizona did. And so they'll, they'll play better. It's at home. Um, you know, where, where are they going to find that advantage where they can beat Seattle? And honestly, I I couldn't find it. I mean, Hopkins yeah. makes a difference offensively because their offense was and, and just awful. And uh, Zach Ertz, he doesn't make that much of a difference. He doesn't. Yeah, he's not right. that big of an influence. One, he's one got one receiver. touchdown in in two weeks. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so you're looking for scores there and a guy that's going to make a difference. Twenty two receptions for a bunch of yards. Most of those are empty yards. They're not scoring points. And then, um, you know, I will say this, Kyler Murray, to his credit, did have like three touchdowns with over 300 yards in this last game, but it didn't make a difference because their defense was so bad. Um, Zach Ernst, uh, the last time we played, had 10 receptions for 70 yards, didn't score, but, you know, so he he's already accounted for. Um, you talk about Hopkins. You know, I think he's not going to have a huge day. He might have 10 catches, but I bet you they hold him under 80 yards and don't allow him to get behind the defense. Um, Seattle's really been very, very good this year at that, especially after the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just don't see them being able to score. I think that they could probably move the ball a little bit. They're going to pick up a few uh, first downs. Kyler Murray's always a threat running the ball. He's averaging about 40 yards a game on seven carries type of a guy. He's not over the top, going to hurt you like Jackson out of Baltimore or something like that, but um, he's still a threat. Other than that, they just don't have anything. They're, they're, they're running back. Uh, James Conner's kind of injured. Uh, you know, Benjamin's been the guy, and he's nothing special. Uh, especially in the NFL, is just kind of an undersized fif- kind of guy. He had 15 rushes for 37 yards against Seattle uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, and that was and that was really a game in which Seattle just started to kind of come into their own. Really, mm-hmm. um, it was the, now it was the first good game. Right, behind, and now their identity the is kind of more solidified. I really think the Seattle's even a better team uh, than than we as we faced them, you know, three weeks ago. Um, before that, um, the Chargers game, um, and we and we got we beat the Chargers, and then you know the Giants, and it's just um, I don't know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and yet um, Vegas is not in so the what, business of being wrong. So why? Why do you <laughs> think? Why? Why do you think that they're they're favored? Now it's only two and a half points so on a neutral field. It'd be kind of a draw, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, I still it, don't get that. That I think Seattle should probably be up at least three points. They're clearly the better team. They're more talented. They're on a roll. Their defense is playing way better. I think we're a top two DBOA team in the NFL right now on defense. 
Our our offense is number sixth overall in the NFL offense. I mean, I think we're just going to overpower them. I mean, that's what it looks like to me. But I'm not sure. I'm I'm not even sure how to answer your question. The only thing that I can look at is um, if you look at Seattle's injuries, like right, you've got um, Marquise Goodwin didn't participate today with a groin, and then you've got um, Metcalf and Lockett and Hart all limited with injuries. So that means yeah, yeah. your top or your um, four of your top five receivers are banged up and going to have a harder time getting open. And I think their count, I think Vegas's thought process is without the dynamic um, passing game, Walker might get shut down because they're going to bring an extra guy up and it'll lead to turnovers. And I don't know. Lockett looked pretty dang good as far as getting open last mm-hmm. week. He just had a ball bounce off his um, face mask. And he's he's in another week healthier. So, And Gino will tell you, too, that he didn't play his best game against the, the Cardinals, and they got after him a little bit in that game. You know, the Cardinals has a pretty decent defense. Zach Allen and J.J. Watt playing close to 95% of the snaps. Leaky Fotu is, is in there. They just acquired Tristan Hill. I don't know if he's going to line up this year uh, or this game or not. Uh, they picked him up off waivers. Um, Zayvon Collins is probably one of the best linebackers um, in the NFC West. He plays well, 100% the, of the snaps every every week. Marcus Golden had but their you know, five defense is pressures. Bad. You're going through all these players. And I, I'm yeah, I'm going through all these the are, players. These are talented guys, but that you know, right. overall, the, when you they have no depth though, it's not after a, this. Yeah, there and the, and these guys like Buda Baker, you know, um, Jalen Thompson, good safety, playing a, mm-hmm. almost 100 percent of the snaps. Both those guys, Marco Wilson, Isaiah Simmons is having an impactful year as an individual player. Um, but you put them all together, and somehow it's just not working for them. They're not able to stop teams on third down, um, and teams are scoring on them. They've got the yeah. 26th ranked scoring defense in the NFL, and that's the bottom line. I mean, you got to be able to stop teams from scoring, and they're not. So, you're you're right. Those are those are big names. We're used to them. They've played well against us in the past. But you know, if if those players aren't aren't stepping up, there's really nobody behind them either, and because they've got depth issues across the board on defense. So, so I was listening to um, the radio this morning, and they had um, Greg Co- uh, Greg Cosell on, yeah, you know, from NFL Films, and he was talking about. Uh, Seattle and was asked about Seattle's defense and, and he brought up uh, Ryan Neal and and basically just said that you know he's the guy who's playing for Jamal Adams and it's worked out because he is a better player than Jamal Adams and I took that and I was like I gotta ask Bill about that because Jamal Adams is a two-time all-pro have you seen Jamal <sighs> Adams play well in the last two years Keith no, we haven't seen him at all this year because he played like five snaps and then got hurt. Even when he was in. Here's the thing about Jamal Adams. <clears throat> he really hasn't played with a Seattle defense that has turned the corner and played well. Like he's started the year with, with Seattle's defense two years in a row. During that time that he was playing, our defense was crap. And then when <laughs> he got hurt or went out, all of a sudden the defense got better. That happened again this year too. He came in, played, you know, half a game or whatever, got hurt. 
I'm not trying to discount that. But what I am saying is we haven't seen Jamal Adams really play well in Seattle. We've other than this we, nine sack season, which was an, yeah, to me nine, nine an aberration. That's great, Keith. It's great. That's a great it's an season. NFL record for, but it's, for it's in back. a fishbowl. It's like it's by itself. You get set that aside on a shelf. It's kind of one of those things that just didn't repeat, didn't happen again he, since then. And that and that was a guy that wasn't even really playing a normal position. And that was just kind of a guy that was blitzing off the end and blitzing off the side and kind of doing some stuff, hybrid kind of stuff, which was great. Helped us out. We needed some pass rush. But it's not re- it doesn't seem to be repeatable. But I will say this. Neil is playing out of his mind. I mean, he had a great game two games ago. Got hurt a little bit, banged up. He was in this week. He's a good player, solid player. Better tackler Actually, than Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams throws his body. That's why he's getting hurt. You get the shoulder thing because he flies around and he tries to hit people without wrapping up. Ryan Neal's a better tackler. I'll get, I'll say that much. Um, Ryan Neal's significantly better in coverage. He's also a cornerback. Absolutely. Um, yeah, right, right. But, you know, and the we saw him get, you know, carried off the field twice um, a couple weeks ago, but those were uh, cramps. cramps. His yeah. legs were cramping So I got, a, I got a question yeah. for you on the Cosell thing. Is it, is it, basically because neil fits better in this scheme than adams and that's well, why he's able to play better he's a he's a better player in this scheme and and able to be in position to be a better make better plays adams is a two-time all pro and played for a terrible team with terrible coaching and was the guy who absolutely jumped off the tape when watching, he was just better than anyone else out there. Um, that's why the Seahawks traded for him. Now he hasn't played as much because of in- injuries. And I think that his signing him long-term was probably a mistake because of his injury stuff, but he was clearly a special player. The idea that he is scheme specific when what scheme were they using in New York that that made if you're trying to say that he's scheme specific, like what I, I don't know doing? because he lined up in four or five different spots. I mean, you take a look at him, he lined up at strong side linebacker like yeah. over 50% of the snaps, and he was they lined him strong, up, they lined him up ahead. all over the place, they did all sorts of things, they let him play to his strengths, and he looked fantastic at it so if you are asking a guy who is that dynamic to play inside a bubble i think that's not using your asset agreed and i think they asked him to do that in the first half of two consecutive seasons and then in this season um, i think that his his role was going to be larger um and more dynamic and he just didn't get a chance to to go there we won't know we may never know he may never suit up again for the seahawks i don't know but um i think that his role would have been ryan neal-esque if you will um looked more like that this year um and he would have had a more of an effect on um, big plays turnovers generating turnovers punching the ball out maybe getting some sacks on you know but but what I don't I, know. what I'll say is that um, 
the defense needs Ryan Neal more than it needs Jamal Adams. Because, yeah, all those turnovers, the big plays, the sacks, the things that Jamal Adams does because he's all over the place and he's so athletic and everything. Um, what the Seahawks need is a guy that can cover tight ends. Yeah, Zach Ertz had, um, you know, 10 targets, seven receptions for 70 yards the last time these teams played. But it never felt like any of, like there was any kind of dynamic passing game to him. It was like, a lot of these really short curl stuff, not even getting first downs, a lot of catches on, you know, third and 10, they got a seven yard reception and, and, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because of the play of Ryan Neal in coverage. He really um, was what the Seahawks needed him to be. In and that was that the first game. game that he really came in for Josh Jones and started and was yeah. really effective. And he, he is, I, he is not the dynamic athlete in the same way that Jamal Adams is, but I think he is more of what the team needs because they they aren't great in coverage at linebacker. And so having a safety that can kind of pick up some of that slack and cover tight ends uh, or running backs out of the backfield and that kind of stuff is, is something they need because – their outside linebackers are pass rushers. They're not guys that are that good in coverage. And so it's it's just hard for this team to have a competent defense when you've got a, so many guys that don't cover well. And that's why I think they're better with Ryan Neal and why, um, you know, I mean, giving up all the draft picks and everything that they did for um, Jamal Adams was probably a mistake. And not just because of the injuries, just because of the way that they play and the way the roster is constructed around him. Um, absolutely a, a dynamic player. And I think that uh, for some reason, Seattle fans have discounted Jamal Adams and and they seem to think he's just Well, bum, it's hard. They, but he's you not. Know, I, I think the bigger issue with that is, um, A, the, the, just the draft compensation, the way that thing happened. But B... Um, he had, he had one solid year where he, he was way more up at the line of scrimmage. And when he did drop back, he was a coverage liability. Um, and then in year two, uh, two and three of this deal, he never really got a chance. You know, he got injured, uh, halfway through the season, uh, the year prior and this year first came out. So when you're talking about compensating your trade value by play on the field he just hasn't had a chance and and um you know i can't really fault him for that injuries are going to happen they happen to him and it was it's a bum deal really hopefully he gets a chance next year he's still got a big number cap wise next year it doesn't make any sense to let him go mm-hmm. so if he's healthy i think he's on the roster we'll see what happens uh wanted to get back to you though on your question about this the las vegas line thing because i can't shake it it's in my head so Cardinals came off this game against the Vikings where the defensive backs allowed a quarterback rating over 100 to Kirk Cousins. They've allowed 97.9 overall on the, on the year, 26 in the NFL, 14 touchdowns. They've only got five interceptions. They're not turning the ball over very well. Cardinals run defense gave up 175 yards to the Vikings. Dalvin Cook had 111 yards, 5.6 average. We already know our offense is prolific. Um, Geno Smith's been taking care of the ball. 
leads the NFL in a whole bunch of different categories. Uh, Ken Walker's running the ball very effectively. Um, and, and we're still catching the ball and we're using tight ends. I don't think they're going to slow down our offense. And our defense is so improved the last three weeks that we've gone from 31st uh, ranking in DVOA um, to 12th overall. And that's a huge jump in three weeks. Especially so, since they were before. And if you just um, take the three weeks in a, in a, you know, just by themselves, we're second overall to the Denver Broncos defense. And so I have no idea what Vegas would be looking at then to, to favor the Cardinals. We're clearly a better team. We're playing better right now. And that's really what counts in the NFL. And I think that we, this, we take this game. When the Seahawks played them before, um, and it was just a couple of weeks ago, at any point in the game, was there a moment when it, when it didn't feel like Seattle was the better team? And I would say no. There is, there wasn't from the opening kickoff all the way through. It, yeah. Seattle was the better football team. Yeah, and that's happened three weeks in a row where we've clearly yeah. just been the better team on the field, including against the six and one New York Giants, um, mm-hmm. who we beat by fourteen points. It could have been more, and against and, a, a great quarterback in uh, Justin Herbert. You know, yeah. uh, the week before that with the Chargers. So, yeah, I mean, they were just the better football team, and so why are they? Why are the Cardinals favored? It's it, it's a crazy line to me. It's absolutely crazy. But All Vegas right. isn't in the business of being wrong, right? They, um, you've seen those casinos. They're massive. They cost a lot of money, and they <laughs> they get that by winning. Um, and so, they, what do they know? What do they know that we don't? Because it when I saw that, it made me doubt all the stuff that I looked at. I guess um, going back you know, and looking when, at the last game and everything. When you look at it, you know, you almost have to say, well, does does Vegas really believe in the Seattle Seahawks? Do they believe that the defense is legit or is it going to revert? Is Geno Smith going to somehow step out of the slipper and turn back into the whatever? Um, and so it's it's like I I think they've shown us enough to where this is who they are. Um, especially Gino and the offense. I think that's that's kind of baked. This is going to be it. And they've done it against a variety of different opponents. Um, and then, you know, the defense, sure, I want to keep seeing this, but I, I'm pretty confident that they're able to, you know, kind of do this now. Um, let me ask you this. What are the differences in this game? What are the standouts? Who, who needs to have good, uh, big games for the Seahawks? in order to, to really knock this thing out of the park. Well, we need to see um, uh, Ken Walker have a good game and, and run the ball take, um, you know, keep Arizona's, you know, Kyler Murray and company off the field, let our defense stay rested. And on top of that, you need Tariq Woolen uh, to have a good game against Nuke Hopkins. Because if Tariq Woolen shuts down Nuke Hopkins, you know, just one-on-one with the stuff that they do, Arizona's offense doesn't have any chance. They, they no. just don't have a chance. Especially now Kyler Murray's going to be looking for him. So Kyler Murray's looking for Hopkins. Hopkins isn't open. Those checkdowns sometimes just aren't there, and Kyler mm-hmm. wants to take off and run, and now we've got Boye Mafe to kind of chase mm-hmm. him down. Uchenna Nuwasu is playing great. He's able to run him down. Brooks has See, great speed in the middle. I thought I, I was looking at, and when I remember that game, I remember the Seahawks getting after 
uh, Kyler Murray, lots of sacks, lots of uh, all of that. They did have five sacks, but he also had 10 rushes for 100 yards. Yeah, he did, but they were empty. And a lot of those came in the second half. Yeah, and and they led to um, field goals and and no touchdowns because they only scored nine points. Uh, Yeah, there was a lot of empty yards there, but it was still 100 yards. what that was what that tells me is he uh did a good job of getting away from the pass rush sometimes and turning it into a positive but the pass rush was there we see yes. saw it with the sacks we saw and, it with the and, and so were the defensive backs mm-hmm. if he's taken off that much we know i mean there's a few design plays for Kyler Murray to run but we know most yeah, of those are just escaping the pocket and doing stuff yep. on his own most and of that's those because yards, of the coverage uh, we're we're yeah. getting coverage yeah. Yep. So it come, to me, like that's what I said, if, if Walker does well on offense and Tariq Woolen has a good game on defense, what's Arizona got? What else? They don't do? have anything. Not on offense. You know, if they can't generate some weird turnover game here where they're going to, and they really haven't been. I mean, Kyler Murray is the one that's been turning the ball over. He's got six fumbles and six interceptions, mm-hmm. um, you know, and a, and a career low quarterback rating of 85.3. I, I just don't see i honestly i'm just trying to i'm not trying to be homeristic here i'm just trying to say i'm not seeing a path that arizona has to win this game they're just not playing very well they don't have an offense that's dynamic like it used to be they don't score a lot of points um and their defense really doesn't have any ability to stop a decent offense and seattle has a top 10 offense that's very much in control uh with with Geno Smith at, at quarterback and Ken Walker mm-hmm. being able to run the ball. We saw what they did last year uh, in the desert with uh, Rashad Penny running the ball last year. This is basically the same defense. Um, you know, we, we were able to get to it a little bit uh, in this first game, but I think this Seahawks team is even better now, just four weeks removed from that game. Um, and they're a more confident defense. They get to the pass, uh, get to the passer, uh, rushing the passer uh, more effectively now. Um, and they've got Bruce Irvin, you know, that I think adds to that a little bit. That was an and, interesting pickup um, by, uh, by the Seahawks to go get a guy who is sitting out there, um, a free agent, you know, not on a practice squad, not anything, uh, and and bring him in and then and tell him you know you're going to get plays and and then give him plays and they're letting him uh, you know rush the passer they're letting him use his speed and athleticism they're not and asking his leadership him to do a lot yeah and and he's been a great addition to come in and give and I was looking on uh, this last game he didn't have a lot of snaps that I saw but when they when he did have them they they had him in the middle. They were um, pulling uh, Cody Barton and having Bruce Irvin line up next to uh, Brooks, and they were they were you wow. know you could you could see Brooks was talk was communicating with him and 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 you know making sure that that he had his responsibilities lined up and everything, and then they just let him go go do stuff. Be athletic. He's, yeah, he's he's at, I mean he's older and he's not as fast as he used to be, but he's at, he's athletic, he's smart, he's strong, um, he plays the run well. Do you and, see that play where he just knocked the quarterback into Barkley and oh, yeah. Barkley back down? I mean, that was that's a great play. 
That's a great yeah, play. That's a fantastic play. And he came right up the middle on that one. Yeah. Right. He lined up in the middle. It's not like he lined up outside and then, you know, came Stunned around the, around the corner. Right. No, he right. lined up in the A gap and just rushed right up the middle. Um, because he was I he was playing inside linebacker on that play. I found that to be really interesting that they've they they're giving Bruce Irvin snaps in Cody Barton's place. Um and for a guy that was just sitting out there on the street, that's mm-hmm. it's weird, but at the same time, it's working. So I'm not, there's no complaints here. <laughs> it's working. All right. So tell me uh, what your predictions are for this game. Honestly, they're playing down, they're playing there, which is a makes it's a difference maker as far as, um, you know, the offense has a harder time because you can't communicate as well. Um, you know, the defense has a harder time because the crowd's silent and they don't have that, that boost. Um, so I do expect Arizona to put up more of a fight um, than they did up here, but I also don't expect them to be able to overcome all the different things that Seattle can throw at them. And so I'm looking at a game that's like 27, 23 Seattle. That close. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is the NFL, you know, single digit uh, scores are, are, are common um, as far as point differential. I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this is a blowout. Um, wow. I think Seattle is just thriving right now. And Pete Carroll's has got them excited about playing ball and that all the players are like playing together and unselfish. And um, this is a thing where it just kind of all comes together against the division opponent, and we just thrash them. I I think that it's primed for that. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that's what the kind of gut feeling that I've got on this game. And I'm seeing this as a mid 30s uh, scoring game for the Seahawks. They 34, and and if we're scoring 34 points, the Cardinals aren't scoring that much. And so I'm. And they might be able to squeak 17 out, but it also might be nine again. I mean, I just don't see them getting into the end zone. So if they want to score some field goals, that's fine. I'll give them four. Let's just say 12. So 34 to 12. That's, cool. that's, 30, that's my score. 34 to 12. That's a, that, that, is that a, that is, is that a, a That is a, I don't know. It might be. Um, <laughs> sounds kind of unusual, but I'm going with it. I just, don't, I just don't see touchdowns in the Cardinals future in this game. I, our defense is playing with so much confidence and um, I think we're, we're going to force some turnovers in this game. I just feel like this could be a two or three turnover game for the Seahawks on their defensive side. Our special teams are playing well. We're knocking the ball around. We're, we're really playing physical and fast. It's fun. I mean, I, I haven't had this much fun watching Seahawks football in like three or four years. I mean, we've been winning and you know, you kind of get used to winning and we won nine one year and 10 and then 11 and then 12. I was having fun. I mean, we had the show when we were going through that and it's, it's kind of fun to, to kind of go through those things, but there's something about playing youthful, fast, physical football with confidence um, that I just haven't seen, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And um, this team's got it. 
and it's uh, it's crazy good I, I love it 34 to 12 is not a score gummy uh the only the only uh losing team score is if the winning team scores 34 that is a score gummy is four so the Seahawks would have to give up uh two safeties wow so interesting i don't even know where you get that information but that's cool uh, <laughs> i don't um, i don't now, see four i now, mean you, wouldn't that be something pick, if you had picked 32 there's a whole line of of score that you could get um they could win uh 32 to 11 32 to 12 32 to 15 32 wow. to 19 i could i mean like you, can, you, you could see it a couple safeties in this game though i mean the way that Seattle's playing defense, I don't know. I think it's, teams it's, are kind of nervous now about facing the Seahawks. Like their defense is pretty legit, that, and their I, offenses I, can score from anywhere be, on the field. They should be nervous playing Seattle. Seattle is playing incredibly good football, and uh, I think that that is something that is um, people are afraid to say that because the expectation was that they were going to be really bad this year and uh they're not really bad they are um they are a good football team they're playing really good football but i i, I think people continue to not give them you know the credit sure. that is because that just they're they're everyone is expecting that this is a mirage and eventually it's going to um, disappear and where they're going to go back to being what we thought they were. Yeah. Well, and, there's two reasons for that. A, we started out with those really low expectations and B, they fulfilled those low expectations in the first two or three weeks. Yeah. And so, and now they've completely reversed course, literally reversed course mm -hmm. on, especially the defensive side of the ball. And it's hard to trust that. I mean, yeah. They're great, but we've really only seen that version of the Seahawks defense now for three straight weeks. Let's see it for six straight weeks, and then we'll feel more comfortable. But, you know, I think this is one of those games where you've got to go out and prove who you are, you know. And I think Seattle's kind of it's something about Pete Carroll this year. You know, he's not getting any younger. We all know that. And there's just a certain atmosphere around this team and this coach this year about, teaching these new guys, these young guys, we've got a lot of rookies, uh, how to win in the NFL and how to play and how to show up every week. And it's just, there's just something. I just, it's, I don't know what it is, but it's just team special. is young. It's hungry. It's athletic and physical. Uh, and you win games that way. You win games when you are uh, bigger, stronger, and faster than the people on the other side, even if they have a lot of skill. The, the football is a physical game and the Seahawks play a physical brand of football. Um, and they happen to have a lot of speed to go with it. Yeah. And yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. fun. It is fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. I'm going to enjoy the game. I hope to, uh, to report back, uh, success, uh, when we get together and record next week. Uh, until then, you can find Keith at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. You know where the show's at. Hit that subscribe button and share it to your friends and family if you like it. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. 
And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network.